welcome to A Practical Home, a podcast for discussing home and hearth magic. I am your host, Mandy, and I hope I can add a bit of magic to your home this week. A little about me, I am a practicing cottage witch living in the Midwest. I live with my husband, our 1.5 kiddos, our two dogs, we have a dachshund and an Aussie, a culture of isopods, we recently got dairy cows, if you're curious, and too many houseplants, frankly, in my little suburban cottage. I have been a practicing cottage witch for around 10 or so years, although I've been practicing some form of the craft for about 20 Uh, Other things in my life have gotten in the way from time to time, so some days I'm a better witch than others. (laughs) I have been planning out this podcast for a while, largely for community. Where I live, you don't often run into other people who share similar beliefs or practices, and it can make walking this path feel really isolating. I enjoy currently listening to a bunch of witchy and spooky podcasts, so I really wanted to open up another space where we can discuss topics that are really near and dear to my heart. So, thank you again for joining me on this introductory episode. Let me give you a quick explanation of home magic, if you're unsure what that is. It's also sometimes called house magic, cottage magic, cottage witchery. Sometimes I've seen it generalized as hearth or kitchen or green magic as well. Whatever you choose to call it, it's simply magical practices that are focused on the home, the land, and the people living on the land, the animals on the land, just the property in general. This type of magic can be as elaborate or subtle as you need it to be. It's fully customizable. And for the purpose of keeping us all on the same page in terms of terminology, I tend to lump all home-based practices and rituals into the category, quote unquote, home magic. But whatever you choose to call it is fine with me. Home magic doesn't have to be your sole focus, magically speaking, or it can be your only focus. For example, all home magic can tie into any type of path because we all rest our heads at night, right? Whether you live in a permanent house, an apartment, a rental space, a yurt, a cabin, a car, anything can be considered your home, even temporarily, and home magic can fit in any circumstance. Also, if you identify as something specific like an elemental witch, a green witch, a death witch, or any other path, home magic can enhance your regular practice or routines and really should not get in the way of any existing part of your craft. Because I identify as a cottage witch, that means I focus my craft around home-based rituals, spells, etc. That's actually my primary way of expressing my craft. Also, in future episodes, I'm going to discuss some books on this topic. I'm currently calling together, uh, I guess, a kind of fall-winter reading list, and I'll be sharing that soon. recording this from the middle of the U.S. and we're just at that point where summer has started to wane and fall is making its debut. To be honest where I live, fall is sometimes kind of a blip on the seasonal calendar. The weather here often shoots straight from high heat in the summers right to ice storms in the winter with very little in between, but I am eagerly waving summer goodbye this year. I'm not sure if you are, but he and I don't mix very well and 
like probably a lot of other people, my motivation drops significantly in the summer. And it's not for being distracted by summertime activities. I just don't like to go outside. It's too hot. But the motivation for new crafts and projects really picks up again once that kind of cool air starts floating in. So around this time, I've already started watching my usual fall movies and shows. A few weeks ago, I was having a really bad day after work and I watched Practical Magic, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen. It's a great movie, but it's not even seasonally correct. I don't feel, (laughs) but it still makes me feel cozy in the fall. And last weekend I rewatched Over the Garden Wall. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. (laughs) It's incredibly charming. It has great music, really great voice actors. I think it's kind of underrated. It is currently September 12th when I'm recording this and I'm about halfway through Hocus Pocus already. So whatever will I do come October? Watch Dead Poet Society. That's what I'll be doing. I've got my fall candles on in the house. I had a pumpkin spice latte already this season. I am ready for fall to begin. As the autumnal equinox inches closer, we're reaching my second favorite holiday in the wheel of the year, Maybon. Similar to Ostar in the spring, I really love to deep clean my home and focus more on home rituals whenever Maybon is near. If I've been lazy in my practice, Maybon is a great way for me to renew myself, kind of kick my butt into gear. And this brings me to today's topic, home magic that you can incorporate into your existing craft. So I have a couple of things that I think maybe you're already doing, and I might have different methods of completing those tasks, or maybe you're not completing them, and these are pretty simple to pick up and get into the habit. So uh, item number one is energy clearing. That's a great way to start incorporating home magic into your existing practice. Excuse me, I had to, to mute my mic for a moment. I am currently uh, kind of close to my third trimester um, with our second, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I tend to get a lot of, a lot of burps whenever, whenever I'm at this, this point in my pregnancy, so I'll have to mute myself so I can take care of those. I apologize. So where were we? Energy clearing. I know that there are some tried and true methods that you will find in many witchcraft books. Um, And there's way more than what's on my list currently, but I just wanted to kind of present a few of my favorite methods of energy clearing since they don't really require uh, any expensive things or for the most part, you don't have to spend anything on energy clearing. So method number one is clapping clapping your hands when you walk around the room. This is often I've seen in books accompanied by different types of chanting, but clapping really drums up the, the, the energy in the, in the room really breaks it all up and, um, is great for right before you're about to sweep all of that out figuratively or literally out of your house. Singing is another great method. Singing is raising the vibration within yourself and, expelling negative energy in the area that your voice is echoing in. Similarly, dancing, method number three, dancing. Think about how you feel when you're dancing and you're moving your body. 
that force is breaking all of that stagnant energy up. Another great uh, couple of methods are musical instruments. Um, for the lower tones, you have rattles and drums. I'm one of those individuals who doesn't really like high-pitched sounds. Rattles and drums are great for that. You know, marching through your house, going room to room in whichever type of circular pattern you choose to do, shaking your, your rattles or beating your drums. If you do like to use the higher-pitched instruments, bells and chimes are great for that. I actually, when I have used bells and chimes, uh, I have just stolen them out of my daughter's musical instrument kit and <laughs> that she got for last Christmas. And I just pick that chime up and walk around the house after I cleanse it and, and use that for breaking up energy. As I mentioned with clapping, shouting, and or chanting, another great thing you can do any combination of these or, you know, one of them together. And um, it's a very simple thing that you can do around the house to incorporate some magic into your home and renew the energy around you. I like to do this fairly often in my home. We regularly have music playing throughout the home, and that's another great way to break up the energy in the house. I'm sure that it probably annoys my husband that we often have have a have music blasting around, but my daughter and I really enjoy singing and dancing around the house to it, so I don't mind. I do this consciously and seriously on the last quarter of each moon cycle. That's when I really have a full energy clearing in the house. As I mentioned, I prefer to use rattles and drums because those tones are more pleasing to my ears, but sometimes I fall back on clapping and singing, whatever it might be that I'm feeling that day. All right. Practice number two that you can roll into your existing craft is cleansing, cleansing your home in particular. A lot of people go to smoke as the natural option for cleansing their home. Sage and especially white sage is very popular. I can't, because of its cultural ties, recommend using white sage. I won't get into it in this, this episode. I'm sure you can find a lot of information out there, but it's not a tool that I use. Garden sage is great as a cleansing herb. You can also use lavender, rosemary, sweetgrass, cedar, and various combinations of the lot. I use rosemary if I burn anything because garden sage and cedar really irritate my sinuses. You can also use incense in place of a dried herb bundle and carry that around to different rooms or just light incense in each room of your home. As an alternative to smoke, I actually like to use room sprays uh, over burning herbs. This works great if, like me, you have either small children, pets, or maybe you yourself are just very sensitive to smoke smells. In future episodes, you probably won't hear me talk much about incense, and that isn't because I, I have anything against it. I, I just actually don't use incense or anything that I burn that much in my practice. And that's mainly because we have so many people with allergies in my house. But for room sprays, it's, it's a fantastic option. I actually just mix a simple sage water or rosemary water spray where I put fresh or dried sometimes 
herbs in a pot and pour boiling water over them. I let them steep for a couple of hours. Then I drain off the herbs, set them aside to be used for other things, and collect the water into a glass spray bottle. I find I always have a few glass spray bottles hanging around the house. You could also add a little bit of alcohol or witch hazel if you want to um, help preserve them, but I typically either use them immediately if I make a small enough batch or I stick it in my fridge for a week and, um, you know, kind of toss out the, the remains that I have. You can also use oil burners or essential oil diffusers to fill your home with the scent of a cleansing aroma. When I'm cleaning my house, deep cleaning or just picking up or otherwise, I like to use a couple of different combinations, lavender and lemon, frankincense and cedar, and rosemary and lime. I find that those not only add a really nice, like sweet um, and natural clean smell to the home, but they also really raise my positive emotions when I'm cleaning and give me more energy to keep going. Last item on cleansing your home is, especially if you're trying to get that scent through your home is simmer pots. I love simmer pots. On Sundays, I set up a simmer pot on my stove. If you've never tried it before, it's really, really easy. My method is bringing two cups of water to boil, either in a kettle, on a slow cooker, or like I do in a cooking pot on the stove. I add in fruits, herbs, spices, um, oils that correspond to whatever I'm trying to accomplish. And I let that pot simmer for four to six hours. Basically, you bring the, the water to a boil, toss everything in, turn it to simmer. And then I add water to that pot every hour, maybe 30 minutes, depending on how it's going. Usually adding just a half a cup or sometimes a full cup of water will do the trick. And I'll let that simmer all day. If I'm simmering for a straight cleanse. I'll use cleansing herbs and fruits. If I want to add a dash of abundance or protection or health support, anything like that, I will use corresponding items for those recipes. I really love simmer pots and I have a bunch of recipes that I'll be posting in the future if you're curious. So a third great practice you can incorporate for adding magic to your home is blessing your kitchen. So much of home magic stems from what we cook up in the kitchen. The kitchen is really the heart of our homes these days, since a lot of people don't have fireplaces. I know I don't. And also the kitchen's a great source of energy. It can, however, be a place where a lot of stale or negative energy may build up because of all the people coming and going. So cleansing, cleaning, and even blessing the space can keep unwanted energy out. A fourth practice is composting. I am not going to get into, I apologize if you heard my dog barking in the background. I have, I have an Aussie. They're very loud. <laughs> I'm not going to get into uh, a huge uh, methodology of, of composting. We can maybe get into that later if you're interested. But I suggest starting small with just a little organic composting bucket and maybe expanding to either a compost tub, just getting one of those big Sterilite containers, or um, getting one of those cheap tumbling composters if you have property to put it on. 
I think there's something really magical about developing your own compost, not only with organic material, but adding your attentions and your energy into the compost. If you're growing food or spell ingredients, you can set your intentions right from the seed level and carry that intention all the way through to harvest and beyond. I think that's really special. All right, practice number five, grow a plant. Get a plant for company to dedicate to a deity, use as representation for the earth element in your home, whatever it might be. Study it, understand its properties. If it's edible, maybe safely use it. You can get creative. Consider pet safe plants, for example. Maybe get an aquatic plant for your fish or grow some catnip for your cats. Basil is kind of the OG plant that a lot of people start growing. It's super easy. It's yummy. You can use it in so many different things. It's a great uh, spell ingredient. It's very versatile. So that's a really good one to start with if you have never grown anything before. Practice number six is clean your home regularly. A clean and tidy home can bring peace to your mind and keep negative energy from building up in the home. Just try this. Try taking some time each night to pick up a few things. Maybe only spend 10 or 15 minutes decluttering. That really brings me back to center. I don't have time to deep clean my home every day. Sometimes I don't have time to deep clean my home every month. But I do try to spend a couple of minutes each morning putting things back to where they need to go. Or maybe I'll do it at night before I go to bed. When I keep my house in a manage <laughs> when I keep my house in a manageable state, that's what I'm trying to say, my practice doesn't seem to suffer as much. I can get more work done. I work from home as well. And so having less clutter and a more organized home and a clean home helps me better in that way as well. And my last suggestion of home magic incorporation is spending time on your property, just getting familiar with the land the ground, the trees, everything surrounding your home, even your apartment building or whatever it might be. Maybe document what you find. How many trees do you have around you? Are there any interesting markings or markers around you? What types of animals or insects are in your surrounding location? Start becoming familiar with what's normal for your space and that will help you identify when something has changed in the future or maybe help you identify signs that are being presented to you. For example, birds that are native in my area do not include, let's say, ravens. So if I were to see suddenly ravens around my property, I would know that that was something special that I needed to pay attention to, more so than if I saw a, a, a huge uh, grouping of blue jays in my backyard, which is pretty common. So it can be kind of alarming when you're walking around your property. I know that I'm always worried my neighbors think I'm a weirdo when I'm outside sprinkling things around, but a couple of ways you can disguise this. Walk your pets around the property. That's a good disguise whenever you're doing anything witchy. If safe, I recommend spending some time at night and listening to the hum of your immediate world. And if you're surrounded by concrete, don't let this discourage you. You still have ground beneath that concrete foundation, right? And the energy is flowing through the building into your living space. Every building has a bit of life in it. You just have to sit and listen to the building breathe.
is my list of seven ways that you can add home magic into your existing craft. In a future episode, we'll go into details on the protection of the home, which will cover clearing, cleansing, banishing, warding, and I'll also cover home altars in detail later on as well. Those are kind of items that I skipped in this episode. I have the next several podcasts planned out, and I really want to cover a wide array of topics, even getting into land spirits, honoring your home, dealing with ghosts, garden things, etc. I've said this before, and I'm sure I'll say it again. There's a real beauty and magic to simple practices. If you're like me and you feel like life is often a ball of chaos and unpredictable, I find my path in my life in general is easier to manage when I incorporate some slow home magic into it. Those good repetitive rituals that I can use to ground myself and refocus my practice. If you have rituals that you would like to share about incorporating into your practice, let me know. I love hearing new ideas. If you want to connect with me, send me any questions or requests, you can find me in a couple different places. I'm at A Practical Home on Twitter, at A Practical Home Podcast on Instagram, or you can send me an email at a practical home podcast at gmail.com. Next time we meet, I'll be discussing Maybon with some celebration details and some recipes. So until next time, bye-bye.